Hi, I'm Ava Hartling. Welcome to the Brand is Female podcast, where we profile women leaders every week to empower and inspire. Today, my guests are Karen Marshall and Tina Barkley, founders of Fleur de Ville. Before we get to our conversation, I want to thank our sponsors. This season of our podcast is brought to you by TD Bank Group, Women Entrepreneurs. TD helps women entrepreneurs achieve success and growth through its program of educational workshops, financing, and mentorship. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and follow the link to find out how TD can help. About four years ago, Karen Marshall and Tina Barkley founded Fleur de Ville, a unique experiential concept that brings luxury floral installations to cities around the world. Karen's background in international publishing and Tina's experience as a lifestyle expert and serial entrepreneur helped propel the brand's unique vision. Connecting with world-class talent in each location they launch in, Fleur de Ville works with top local florists, designers, growers, and nurseries to create stunning and memorable displays of art that draw attention and create engagement. Fleur de Ville has exhibited from London, UK to Chicago, New York, LA, Toronto, Vancouver, just to name a few. Partnerships have been created with organizations such as the London Portrait Gallery, Five Star Hotels, and uh, many of the world's leading shopping destinations, just to name a few. I caught up with Tina and Karen, who spoke to me from their home base in Vancouver, as the pandemic lockdown was just beginning, and many of the Ville's events were being rescheduled. Here is our conversation. First of all, um, I want to ask, how are you both doing amidst this crisis that we're uh, all going through at the moment? It's been a real, um, it's been a really incredible experience. And I think a lot of people have felt this way. Um, you know, it's given us a lot of time, Karen and I specifically, time to just pause and and really reflect on the business. You So often when you're an entrepreneur, you're working so much in the business that you don't get to work on your business. So it's been a really interesting you know, unexpected pause to be able to look at things with a little bit more perspective and take a step back, um, things that you don't normally get to do when you're a busy, busy entrepreneur wearing so many hats. Um, you know, I, I think we're all personally feeling the the weird adjustment this has been, but I think professionally it's been an unexpected um uh, you know, gift to our business at the same time as it is also, you know, a bit of a challenge, obviously. I was going to say, I would agree with that. Um, the um, interesting thing that we've found is that we absolutely can, sorry, I just dropped my computer. <laughs> uh, we can um, learn from this downtime. We can take opportunities from this downtime, as Tina said, to figure out what we're going to do next and where we can look at expanding the business. I'm personally uh, just amazed at how many things there are to help us function in our at-home quarantine and how many podcasts we can listen to, which are fantastic, and how many new ways of working we can discover in one short moment. This morning at 5.30 a.m., I was doing a cave day session with a group in New York, which is, you know, work sprints. And then I was reading about eating frogs in the next moment and how to prioritize. And, you know, then I went out for a run and I was listening to another podcast. So it was very productive, I think, from a personal journey of, of learning as well. Well, it's uh, I'm, I'm glad that you're seeing the, the positive side. And I think that's, you know, that's how we're going to make it through is focus on the silver lining that this period has to offer. Um, 
So you are the co-founders of Fleur de Ville. Uh, you are based in Vancouver, and uh, some of our listeners may not be f- familiar with the concept of Fleur de Ville. So I'd love to hear about uh, what you offer exactly, what the uh, Fleur de Ville experience is about. So tell me more about your business. Well, our business was really founded on a, a fundamental belief in the joy of flowers, the happiness of flowers. We really wanted to take our passion for floral design, floral creations, what we could see was happening in the media as a great trend, and share that with the public in really new and exciting ways. And so we developed our our brand, Fleur de Ville, Flowers of the Cities. You mm-hmm. say it much more beautifully than I do, than <laughs> with a French <laughs> accent. Um, but we we really combined those two words in a, in a passionate um, and experiential way. Flowers and cities, fleur and ville. Uh, we pop up in different cities around the world in three different countries. We've been in 16 cities to date. And we showcase the top floral talent in each city that we embark upon um, uh, and, and we pop up in. And we do that by combining, um, a, or sorry, really working with a great local partner. Mm-hmm. By that, I mean a host partner. So a great shopping center, a great public space. And from that foundation, we then build unique and very bespoke and, and, and really uh, what we call stop in your tracks shows from that. So we have mm-hmm. a great uh, host partner. We have a great space. We have great florists and floral talent. And then we layer in wonderful sponsors and partners on top of that to create content that is unexpected, that makes you stop in your tracks. And that really allows uh, people to connect with flowers in a very unique and different way. Which is a fantastic concept. And I think um, we all can find inspiration in, you know, the beauty that flowers have to offer these days. Um, Before we talk about recent projects, I want to go back in time a little bit. And I want to ask you both about your journey up to decided to launch Fleur de Ville. So tell me about what your career was like, um, you know, maybe what, uh, what industry you used to work in and what led you to come up with the idea behind Fleur de Ville. So maybe we'll start with Tina. Sure, no problem. Well, it's it's funny because in a way, my past experience isn't related, but it is. In and, and what I mean by that is, I've had a very varied career. I would say mainly in media and marketing. Um, my my most recent uh, business had been Babylicious. I had created a um, a very cool, hip, fresh approach to baby products when baby was just becoming uh, a little more fashionable. Um, around mm-hmm. 2000, 2003, 2004. And I was manufacturing in China and built this business um, from the ground up. We were distributing and, and manufacturing and selling all over the world. Uh, so it was a really fun, creative thing. I've never manufactured anything before. In the past, I had always been involved in publishing, which is where Karen and I met. Um, but at the time that we we created Fleur de Ville, and Karen, I'm sure will echo this, we both had completely different uh, businesses. We've always been involved in media, in events, in marketing. Um, but we had we both had this passion for flowers. I, at the time, was 
exploring creating a flower market, like a pop-up, I don't want to say farmer's market, but a, that type of flower mm. market that would pop up in a city, say, once, once a month in Vancouver. And um, at the same time, as Karen will tell you, she had been visiting the Chelsea Flower Show. So it was literally off the side of our desks that we started to build and create Fleur de Ville. And then, of course, it became its own uh, force to be reckoned with, which has been great. So we've we really left what we were doing previously. Um, but I have a, a big, uh, a lot of experience in media. I've been um, one of Vancouver's lifestyle experts. So I'm constantly in the media, mm-hmm. on TV, decorating, creating holiday ideas, that sort of thing. So the creative side of the business is something that, that has really made me passionate uh, and been a natural transition. Well, my background uh, is very much uh, in the content world. I uh, have a passion, always have had a passion for great media stories, great content. Um, I worked in the magazine industry for 21 plus years, starting with Western Living Magazine right out of school and uh, and then mm-hmm. moving to England and, and being the beauty advertisement manager at Vanity Fair Magazine and working with Tina Brown when she was still at... Um, the magazine then, uh, you know, as the editor, uh, our London office mm-hmm. was, uh, you know, really very much in awe of what she was doing in New York, and we were launching into the UK. Um, we, uh, I then came back to Canada and, and worked for Rogers magazines, which ended up all being Rogers magazines, but they weren't at the time. So anything from Maclean's and L'Actualité to Chatelaine, Chatelain, Today's Parent, where Tina and I met through that connection. Um, Lulu, we launched Hello Canada, a lot of great magazines with great content and the ability to really connect um, advertisers and marketers through that content to consumers. And so my side of um, the sort of business, the, the coin, if you will, is is all on the, the build of those partnerships and the build of the, the brand um, alliances that we so carefully curate. Uh, and so that's where the, the passion has, has come from me. The inspiration from uh, people building great brands is really at the core of, of what I like to, to do and wanted to do. And so it was a natural discussion when Tina and I got together and I knew she was doing the flower market idea. And I had just been to the Chelsea Flower Show, as Tina said, and I saw all these incredible people um, joining in unison with great big smiles on their faces in the love of flowers and gardening and the media was there and brands were there and customers were there. You couldn't get a ticket. And I thought, aha, there's something here that's really special. And how could we Mm -hmm. um, harness that and bring it back to Canada and bring it into a retail environment where we could share it with actually even more people than the Chelsea Flower Show shares with uh, content. So uh, Tina and I put our Mm -hmm. thinking caps on and we developed uh, Fleur de Ville. So Tina, you had experience as an entrepreneur before. Um, It's it's never easy starting a new business. Uh, There is always a notion of risk and of not knowing, you know, if the concept is going to take off or how fast it's going to take off. So tell me, maybe about one of the most challenging things you encountered when you started Fleur de Ville. That makes me laugh, Ava, only because being an entrepreneur and my friend and business partner, Karen, you have two very fearless women, on, honest to goodness. Like we, we really, I want to say we had no fear <laughs> going into it, but I... 
I, I honestly believe that uh, to this day. And Karen may have a different perspective, but I, I will say that I'll never forget our first show when we were setting things up and the platforms and getting everything ready to go and thinking, hmm, so we've done all our homework. We've got everything planned. We had lots of event experience. So there wasn't any doubt about, you know, little hiccups and things that might occur. But I thought, I want, you know, I wonder what kind of quality or if these dresses, um, to give some perspective to the listeners, what the show actually looks like in, in, in most cases is we have 12 to 15 mannequins that each florist has dressed in nothing but fresh flowers and fresh natural um, materials. So it occurred to me just before they were about to come into the, the location to set up with us that I had no guarantee of what these dresses would look like. I'd, I'd gone through sketches, I'd gone through lots of different phone calls and so forth, but to actually see them come to fruition gave me a little bit, just at that moment, I remember having that... <gasps> And then we were blown away. And honest to goodness, every time we go into a city, you kind of don't know what you're going to get. But we we have always been blown away. And of course, as things have evolved, we we have gone through multiple different um, iterations of our pre-preparation and, and uh, information and sharing proposals and sketches and renderings and mechanics and logistics and that sort of thing. And things have definitely matured. But but it's it's um, we've I have to say, you know, our greatest fear was luckily uh, uh, pushed aside when these beautiful creations came into the into the malls and uh, locations that we've been doing our shows in. <clears throat> yes, I, too, will laugh because my um, my biggest fear at the beginning was driving a 30 foot U-Haul truck off of the ferry into Vancouver. <laughs> I do remember hitting a few cones. <laughs> Um, but we, you know, at the very beginning, uh, I think all great entrepreneurs bootstrap their businesses and we literally bootstrapped our business. Um, but very much from the very beginning, we were really focused on building a luxury brand. So every single touch point has been uh, a brave uh, move in that direction that we are building a luxury brand, uh, that we have to maintain our very high standards that we have to sometimes say no to people that want to work with us, um, or I shouldn't say say no, but re-address um, how people want to work with us because we're very, very protective of the brand and we have to be fearless in that protection of the brand as well um, because we have a big agenda of where we want to go and we really um, are careful as to who we align with, where we go and, and the company we keep. On the flip side, tell me about the first moment where you realize, wow, we actually have a successful business concept here and this is really going to take off. What, that, what, was, what was that first wow moment for you? Oh gosh, there's so many, but I think the um, the ones that really stand out for me are, of course, the media coverage that we get, um, the front page newspaper articles, um, the... Um, wonderful response we get from people but I think it's actually I know it's really the people who come up to us with very genuine heartfelt stories about how we've changed their lives or their moments um, we have heard mm. that from our florists from our floral partners who have created their beautiful mannequins in tribute to a past loved one or a, a mother or a partner who has just passed away uh, or who's struggling with cancer or people who come up, I remember the very first show actually in Victoria, uh, BC at, at uh, Mayfair Shopping Center. And this woman uh, paged me over the loudspeaker in the shopping mall. And um, I 
met her in the um, foray or, or, or the area that we were in. And she came up to me and said, I just want to thank you and show my daughter how to thank someone properly. We came to the mall today as a chore. We didn't want to come here. We had to get something. We came here and then we stumbled across your show and we just have spent the last hour being in complete awe of everything. And we just want to thank you because you changed our viewpoint. We appreciate so much what you've done. And it made me cry, of course. I still get choked up about it now. You can probably hear in yeah. my voice. But we, we have that at every single show. Um, and then f for me, oh, uh, right. just on a personal note, uh, when we did our first Covent Garden show was for me returning to London, returning to um, the history and the culture of a place that I love so dearly and working with uh, the, the team at Covent Garden, uh, this 400 year old market building that we are in, whereas the, you know, it's the original flower market in, in the UK and um, knowing the significance of that and knowing the significance of the amazing floral talent that we had there. And then um, aligning with the National Portrait Gallery in, in London to do um, uh, an inspi inspired uh, mannequin of uh, the Ditchley portrait of Elizabeth I, Queen Elizabeth I, done by Amy Bone uh, mm. Flowers. And I just stood there and wept. And it was, uh, right now I even have goosebumps over it. And I knew that that feeling for me was the same feeling that everybody else was feeling. And that that's something that you can't put money on, that emotion, that feeling that connection of just wow was was really special oh that's fantastic and, and it's amazing that flowers really have the ability to touch people in such an emotional way which is beautiful we always say that flower we always say flowers make us happy and i think that they do they make everyone happy and it transcends language culture age everything and and they really have this incredible impact and as karen said our favorite part of every show is putting on an apron, standing out in the shows and chit-chatting with people that come by that are just speechless about the shows. It's the most gratifying job I've ever had, <laughs> if that makes sense. This season of The Brand is Female is made possible with the support of TD Bank Group Women Entrepreneurs. Confidently building your business takes sound advice plus guidance to the right connections, tools and resources. As a woman entrepreneur myself, I know I need all the support I can get. What's great about TD Services for Women in Business is their collaboration-based approach. They work with both internal and external partners that can provide education, financing, mentoring, and community support. TD employees are able to be proactive in the advice and guidance they give to women in business. They can facilitate and connect you through workshops, coaching, and mentorship, and they engage other like-minded business leaders in an authentic way so we can share experiences and learn from each other. Speaking of your impact, um, and you referenced uh, the, the show in London, um, I mean, you started a company in Vancouver, you started doing shows uh, locally, um, it's quite amazing that you were able to develop partnerships with some leading institutions at the international level, including London, I know South Africa is coming up, uh, I know you have some shows going in the US as well. So tell me about setting up uh, those relationships and convincing, you know, people like the National Portrait Gallery in London uh, that they should be partnering with you. I think it all comes down uh, and back to our very first uh, conversations of what our business was going to look like. 
we had a very and, and still have a very um, vivid picture of the luxury brand that we're building. And so every touch point from our very first show um, has been with that in mind. So every decision we make, every uh, image we take, every presentation we put out, every piece of communication has that sort of level of uh, luxury um, that we aim to uh, achieve and we are achieving. And so with that, um, you know, asset bank, if you will, and the ability to show some positive results and tangible results that we've been able to achieve for uh, shopping centers and shopping malls. And, and by those results, I mean increased footfall or increased traffic, uh, dwell time, media exposure, social media amplification, everything a really good marketing plan should do and everything a media buy should do, we, we're able to do with mm -hmm. our shows. So when you can convince um, uh, partners to work with us that see the benefit of that and understanding that in this whole, particularly now, digital age of online shopping, that these uh, shopping spaces need people to come to those spaces and enjoy those spaces. It's a natural partnership. Uh, Covent Garden in London, of course, because of the connection to flower market uh, history, that was a natural uh, alignment. But we also equally have this incredible shopping mall that we work with in, it's not a mall, it's actually an experience, a lifestyle. It's South Coast Plaza in Costa Mesa, California, uh, the number one luxury shopping destination in um, the United States on a sales per square foot basis. And their um, clientele absolutely loves what we do. It's that combination of fashion and couture and flowers and fresh flowers and the incredible talent that we're able to attract that just ensures that the visibility of our shows is, is very high. So, you know, it was, um, I think a transition in the beginning as to what, what type of spaces we were in to where we're at now and what type of uh, you know, elements we look for in a partnership. Uh, we're at Hudson Yards in New York because they're all about the experiential and they want people to experience things. And that's exactly what we're about. Um, and we've got a number of other cities that have been calling us in different parts of the world because they've seen or they've heard of us and what we do. And so we are delighted to entertain those um, conversations. I find it very interesting that, you know, your your business model is obviously focused on real life experiences. It's about people going out, uh, looking at the show, living the show, um, you know, probably spending a, a good amount of time uh, uh, <clears throat> looking at, at the installations and going through the experience. So there is something that's very uh, kind of the, you know, at the opposite on the spectrum of our lives that are spent, you know, on our on our iPhones and our computers and living through a digital world. Um, and it, it's interesting because you are offering experiences that are highly Instagrammable. They make perfect content for social media, but most people will be experiencing this by attending the shows in person. What are your thoughts it on that? It's interesting, Ava. One of the, the funny things is that uh, we'll tell even people who join our team, until you see one of our shows in person, you can't imagine the experience. When you're there in person, it's such um, a, a, a multi-sensory experience. Often you can even feel there's something fresh. You turn around the corner and you think, oh my goodness. And it's like we've brought the outdoors in, in, in a sense. But there's so many different aspects to it. People spend so much time walking around each installation and it, it really is a different experience. As Karen said before, um, 
you know, we are a luxury brand and we're bringing a luxury experience that most people would not normally get to see. You know, we say we're bringing flowers to the people, flowers make us happy. And at the end of the day, this luxury, incredibly uh, talent-filled installation is something that would normally be seen uh, at a private function, a corporate function, or a wedding, or a, a conference, or something that would be privately funded. So people really are blown away by the experience that they that they get when they it, when they actually come into contact with with the show. So it's one thing to see them um, in pictures or on social media, and you're right, they are very very photogenic and telegenic. Um, and luckily now we've gone to multiple cities multiple times. So people that have missed it, you'll see on social media, people tagging other people, don't miss it, or, oh, it's coming again, and becoming a bit of a, a an annual event in a sense in some places, which is, is just fantastic. Um, so people can experience it multiple times, but obviously even more and more people are coming out to see the shows. I would just add to that, that um, it's an experience for our partners and our florists as well. And Tina's absolutely absolutely right. We're really passionate about public luxury, what we call public luxury. Um, the idea that our florists, uh, the top florists in each city, uh, come together, 12 to 15 of them, uh, that don't often work together. Sometimes they're meeting each other for the first time and they've admired each other's works from afar or from Instagram. And they're able to see each other's works for you know all intents and purposes from the inside out. They see the, the build, the frame of what's under these beautiful floral dresses. And uh, they get to respect each other's work in a different way and have an, uh, their own experience. It is an awards program. Mm -hmm. So we do award the florists as well. Uh, in a number of different categories. So they love the challenge. They love the experience of competition as well, which is nice. And then we also have these incredible brand partners and supporters that work with us from cosmetic companies, from you know, Clarins. Uh, we've had recently Hendrix Gin come on board and we have a floral cocktail bar at some of our shows. And we have uh, all kinds of uh, demonstrations and um, people and brands talking about different floral aspects of their brands or different demonstrations to how to make a sustainable floral arrangement. We like to um, anchor our shows with the 12 beautiful mannequins, but then we pop up ancillary engagement opportunities for our brand partners and for the public to experience flowers in, in different ways as well. So every show is unique, every show is different. And we add these elements, um, as I said, the demo areas, like our, we call those Fleur de Ville Jardin areas. We add you know, wine bars, we have markets, we have all kinds of different things that allow the um, whole experience of flowers to be shown in, in different ways as well. Um, now I want to ask you questions about, well, your experience as entrepreneurs now. Also, you've had, you know, there, there were other chapters to your career as well. Um, and a question I'd like to ask every guest on a podcast is, what is your definition of success today? And if I had asked you the same question maybe five years ago or longer, uh, how, how different would the answer have been? Maybe Karen first? Gosh, um, that's a great question. Uh, I think um, success for me now is not so much a, a number as more of a feeling. And, and that feeling is the connected 
uh, experience with fellow humans Mm -hmm. and just making people really stop in their tracks and stop and smell the roses is something (laughs) that we um, we really see the happiness that it brings. And so if we can do that to more uh, to to bring that to more people, to more cities, to more continents, um, obviously we're in a business situation. We have to make money doing this. Uh, because we can't do it for free. But mm. the idea of just expanding that experience out is where I will really uh, feel that uh, our success has been, uh, re- we've reached the success that we, we know we want to reach. It's an excellent question. And I, particularly the part about five years ago would that have been different. I think that when you start a business, you want to do something you think has great Um, great prospect as uh, something that will be engaging to people, but also will be profitable. And I'd like to to think that that's what I would have measured success by five years ago. But like Karen, I, I think it's not about a number anymore as well. I think it's more about becoming more of a household name, building a brand that is so well known as a luxury floral brand, as something that really, truly elevates a floral experience in a way that no one else has done it um that that to me is incredibly satisfying gratifying and then i want to ask you about um your kind of your daily routine and it's funny because i i asked this question on you know normally on podcasts and now our our entire lives have changed but uh, karen before we got on this <laughs> podcast you were saying you had gone for a run this morning i think you had uh, uh you, you had some type of fitness app going uh, anyway you seem to be you know way more productive than, than I've been so far today but what are those habits that you know you have to stick to on a daily basis in order to feel your most productive self and maybe you know stay sane and stay grounded uh, amidst a really busy life you know normally and these days amidst a life that is, proving challenging uh, due to the COVID uh, uh, situation that we're in. So whoever wants to go first. Well, it's interesting. You know, Tina and I are both in our our early 50s. We grew up with um, Mary Tyler Moore and Wonder Woman Mm -hmm. as our um, incredibly inspired media personnel, um, but also... Marsha Brady, sorry, Mrs. Brady in the Brady Bunch. So we, we, we kind of got Wonder Woman, Mary Tyler Moore and Mrs. Brady all rolled and Mrs. Partridge all rolled into one as sort of inspiration. Uh, and so my, my daily life kind of looks like that, <laughs> uh, uh, the merging of, of four TV shows. Um, that I very much connected mm. with as, as a child and as a teenager growing up with. So I have three children, mm-hmm. uh, 12, 14, and 16, sorry, 15 and 16 now, uh, who keep me very busy. Um, my day is finally sort of tuned and timed. Uh, I also have a dog that keeps me very busy too. So he's my personal trainer. <laughs> um, but the the idea of, of keeping sane is, is really anchored in routine a lot yeah. of times. Um, and it's also just knowing, <clears throat> excuse me, how much time I can spend on a particular task and what I can prioritize. Prioritization is a really big thing. Mm-hmm. I need to be able to make sure that um, I have, you know, put to the top of my list what absolutely needs to be done. And and email is, is part of that as well. And trying to navigate through that, you know, incredible uh, tangled uh, mess of email. So I have to make sure I get exactly what I needed to get done today. 
and also uh, know what I can put off to, to, to do tomorrow if other things mm. come in. But it is a challenge. It's not easy. It's a struggle. I will say that. And Tina? Well, I have to say I echo Karen's comments about routine. I'm a, I'm a mother of two daughters as well. Um, so it's, 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 it's always trying to find a balance. You know, I love, Karen and I both feel, uh, as she said in our early 50s, like we have unfinished business. And so making our business a priority is very important to both of us. And we love it. We thrive in it and get excited by it every day. Um, but that said, for me, it's very, very important for me to be able to shut off and be with my family. It's very important for me to get exercise. Mm-hmm. It's very important for me to be able to cook and just putter around my house and not be uh, obsessed with my business 24-7, which I have been in the mm-hmm, past. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's hard, very, very hard when you're building a business, you know, calls at all hours or different time zone um, things and dealing with florists at all hours. So it can be really difficult and challenging. But I think... Karen and I really do try to find a balance and because we're friends we were friends uh, we're actually work colleagues or acquaintances then we were friends and now we're business partners and we just we both have such a a great mutual um, respect and appreciation for each other's personal lives as well as professionally Mm. that we're always we'll we'll pinch hit for each other so I think it's really important we each have our own routines we're both highly organized and efficient and then we're able to 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 you know just balance each other as well so so well I think that's a really big part of of having a successful business Mm. partner I I want to ask you what would be your top advice for a for any woman thinking of starting her own business and maybe something that, uh, you know, has to do with something similar to what you're offering. So maybe in, you know, the experiential uh, field, maybe something tied uh, not necessarily to flowers, but to the to the arts. And um, I do like that you've built that model that can really work globally. You know, it's something that you can take from literally any place in the world and, you know, run it from your home base in Vancouver. So what would be your top advice for a woman starting that kind of business? Uh, I'll go first there. I think my I've always been asked to, you know, to mentor people or to talk to people that are starting their own business. And my my advice has always been to a couple of things that are very, very boring. One is do what you do best and hire someone else to do what you don't do best. But that's essential, like like accounting or something like that, because I always feel and I'm always uh, have in the past with businesses been told, oh, you should have done this or you should have done that. It's really essential to set, set things up properly from the very beginning. But I think it's really important to know your strengths. And after that, after being practical and, and, and setting things up properly, I always say to people, think big. I mean, there's so many reasons to be, uh, to not think small, but to be cautious and to step carefully. And, and it's funny because um, sometimes I am surprising myself by being, you know, more the voice of reason than I would normally be in a, in a partnership with Karen sometimes. But, but I really believe that at the end of the day, you need to, you need to think big and then make a plan to get there. I think planning is, is really a huge part, um, of being a a successful entrepreneur, but you need to have the vision and then, and then like a puzzle, start putting it together. And, and I commend Karen, um, in one particular major way when we started Fleur de Ville. And that was that our shows today look the same as they did when we started. 
start with quality. Don't, don't grow into your brand, be your Mm. brand, make your brand Mm -hmm. from the very beginning. And I think that's something that Karen was really, really at the forefront of doing with our business success, um, with our business. And that has been a, a huge part of our success. Mm. And that's probably because the vision was already very clear, right? You had, exactly. you know, you, you had defined what the brand would be about. So the positioning was already established. Exactly. Knowing that it was going to be a luxury brand from the beginning. And that, that, that was exactly all, really all that we were interested in building. And mm-hmm. so we set about doing that. Exactly. My next question, which is probably my favorite question to ask on the show is, what do you think women would would need to do more of? What would you like to see women doing more of? I think that there's this whole thing around, you know, value and and compensation, men versus women. But putting that just completely aside, just ask for what you're worth. I think that's super important. Yeah, I would agree with that one, definitely. And finally, what's next for Fleur de Ville? What can we expect in the coming year? That depends how long the uh, the lockdown lasts, because <laughs> if it lasts much longer, Ava, oh my gosh, we're going to have to, we're going to be on a hiring spree. <laughs> we have ideas coming out of the rafters. Um, no, Karen and I have so many different aspects of the business that we would love to expand on. And I think for the very near future, we're, the phone is already ringing off the hook with, um, with potential host partners looking to the end of this uh, crisis to say, you're exactly what we need. So I think the first uh, line of business is going to be just filling our calendar beyond anything we ever expected uh, with multiple shows, but then to enhance our show experience with all sorts of different things and uh, um, from products to as as Karen mentioned, technology and all sorts of, of, of little uh, brand extensions and business, um, business offshoots that we're really excited about building over the next few years. I would just add to that advocacy as well. You know, we're really passionate about supporting the industry, um, supporting our luxury florists, supporting their businesses, supporting small businesses, women in business, the LGBTQ community in business. Uh, we deal in all of these areas and, um, uh, you know, we are in a position to really advocate for this group, um, this group of very talented florists. So a lot of the things that you'll see coming down for us will be more content driven, be more awareness driven, um, just expansions on that idea and um, really helping to, you know, pull us all together. Well, that sounds really exciting. Um, and I love, you know, the optimism that you are keeping even in this you know, period that is uh, causing a lot of anxiety for, for many business owners. Um, but I love that you're focused on, you know, what the positive is going to be at the end of all of this. And I, I share that vision with you. So thank you so much for speaking with me today. It was great having you. Best of luck for the uh, quarantine over the next few weeks, hopefully not too long. And I'm excited to see what Fleur de Ville brings us later this summer. Thank you so much, Eva. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much. It's um, been a pleasure to chat with you. And uh, all I'll just say is watch this space at the end of the conversation here. We've got a lot uh, going on. Thank you so much to Karen and Tina for speaking with me today. You can find out about Fleur de Ville's upcoming events by visiting their website, fleurdeville.com. I'll leave all the links in the show notes. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. It really makes a difference. 
Thank you to TD Bank Group, Women Entrepreneurs, further support of The Brand is Female. You've got it in you to succeed. Let TD help guide you. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and click on the TD logo. Thank you for listening and stay safe. Thank you.